Welcome to today's episode of Tech Vitals. I'm really excited because we are interviewing an SSR colleague, Michelle Field, about her career in our GIS program. We'll talk about all of the exciting applications of GIS, our growing UAV program, and Michelle's passion for earth sciences and technology. All right, here we go. Michelle, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. We are so excited to have you. Can you just uh, introduce yourself and uh, give us a brief overview of, of your career so far at SSR? Yeah, so my name is Michelle Field. Um, I'm a GIS analyst at SSR. I started at SSR in August of 2019. Um, so I've been out here for a little over a year and a half. Um, since then, we have expanded our ArcGIS online users from about two people to 39 people, which is super exciting. Um, we've published an article on asset management, our Memphis Construction Engineering Inspection Group, and some of our structural engineers have started using field apps, and we are currently expanding our drone program to the Nashville office. And you're not based out of the Nashville office, right? You are based out of Memphis. Correct. Are you originally from Memphis? I am. I grew up in, in Carrierville, um, and now I currently live in Millington, Tennessee. Okay, are those near Memphis for those of our listeners who don't know? Yes. I don't even know. I live in Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go to the University of Memphis? I did. So I got my bachelor's and my master's at the University of Memphis in the Department of Earth Sciences. So that was a lot of fun. So at what point did you decide you had this passion for like earth sciences and GIS? Like did that was it at a young age or when did you discover your passion for that? Because it seems like your life is really, you've been really focused on it. Yeah, so I actually didn't realize this. But I mean, I've always loved nature, right? And I've always been like the kid who got known as the tree hugger and, oh, you better pick up your litter. Um, <laughs> so I actually, I mean, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do in college, right? I mean, it's not something that I focused on. It's just, you know, I just enjoy the environment. Um, And so it actually took me a while to even, I didn't even know the earth science department existed when I first started at the University of Memphis. I was going to go for psychology and then on a whim I decided, oh, I'm going to do civil engineering. You know, I wanted to be a civil engineer so I could concentrate in environmental engineering and protect the earth. And so I took a geology course as a gen ed, right? Um, And it was so easy for me. And I didn't know why it was so easy, right? So I didn't actually like study geology. It was just that one class, but it got me into the earth sciences department. Um, And that's where I found out that there were professors there doing research on trees. And I thought, hmm, you know, I should give this a shot. These classes seem easy for me and I enjoy what they're talking about. So why not just go? And then I, I, you know, I didn't even know GIS existed. So when I started taking these classes, you know, the GIS was a part of that and it just all came together. So I am certainly really excited to learn a lot more about GIS and the, the applications of using UAVs and imaging and all that stuff that I know we're going to talk about today. But before we like really delve into the technology, can you give us like an overview of what GIS is and what it stands for? Absolutely. Um, so GIS can stand for a few different things. Um, so there's geographic information science. And there's also geographic information systems. And at SSR, we use both. Um, So geographic information systems uh, is also known as spatial data science. It's the scientific discipline 
of using location intelligence to explore spatial patterns and relationships um, to help you answer questions and solve problems relating to a variety of different topics. So at SSR, we use geographic information science and uh, to help our clients harness the power of location intelligence. And we do this by using geographic information systems. Can you give us just like an example of a very basic project or something you've done recently for GIS or, may, or maybe something that everyone would be familiar with? So we use a lot of field applications. Um, basically when our construction engineering inspection group goes out, they can look at their phone um, and actually see where they are on site. Um, and then you can use that app to actually collect data and take photos and it'll mark where you are on the site. So it's very helpful because then you don't have to carry around a giant set of plans. Um, so we can do that for different projects. So if you're on a roadway project, um, you can see where you are on, on the site. Um, we have building inspections. So if you go inside a building, um, you know, you can do a drop down of different addresses and say, hey, I'm in this building. And then when you take the picture, you can say what room you're in. Um, so basically it's like a, a catalog or documentation of your inspection. That way you don't have to constantly write it down on paper. It's already there. The pictures are with your documentation and it's ready to go for a report. Interesting. So, so GIS, like for some reason, when I think of GIS, I think of like spy satellites in orbit, like taking covert <laughs> photos and like, so I mean, it can be that, right? It I mean, that's, that's <laughs> is one application, but you can also do it indoors then. You could do it if you were in a, like a large facility and you're documenting all of the pipe work, it, that would be a lot of manual labor to try to keep all that organized. But if you have some kind of GIS system in place, you can take the photos as you walk through and it'll organize all of it for you. And then you could take inventory of all of that. Absolutely. What are some of the specific things we do with GIS at SSR? Like what services do we offer? We do a lot of asset management. Um, we also do data acquisition and collection, field application for mobile devices. Um, we also can do GIS consultation, database management. We also do hydrological modeling support and infrastructure mapping. Um, we also have unmanned aircraft systems and web applications, and we are also starting to get into remote sensing. What's remote sensing? So basically your spy satellites that you were talking <laughs> about. Yeah, so it's, it's satellite imagery um, and being able to doing earth observations from satellite imagery and, and getting to look at um, like urban development or vegetation health just from looking at an image. You can you can get satellite imagery and you can um, use machine learning to get building footprints, um, tree canopy, you know, roadways, whatever. Interesting. Is it like in real time then or can it be in real time? I mean, I guess it can be depending on if you own your satellite, uh, but basically, you know, the satellites come by every so often. You, know, you don't own your own satellite? I mean, I own my, I own like three satellites. <laughs> Do you now? Yeah. You can't use them though. They're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So anyway, the satellites are orbiting, right? They're not, they're not stationary in that sense. So they take photos every time they, they fly over the area. Yeah, that is correct. And so the United States Geological Survey has what's called Earth Explorer. So basically they have different satellites and you can select which dates you want to look at. Um, and what, you know, which satellite you want to use. Um, and so then you can actually pull imagery off and it has different bands. 
So basically, those are the different um, spectral trajectories. Different bands show you different wavelengths, and then you can do analysis based off of the combinations of those bands. So, you know, consumer drones and UAVs have gotten really popular in the last five to 10 years. And I think that the GIS, at least to me, is starting to become a little more synonymous with this idea that you don't need a spy satellite, you don't need um, an airplane with a camera sticking out the bottom. You know, you can now get a drone that is the size of your laptop with a camera attached to it and fly over an area and get a whole lot of data. Um, and I know that we're starting to do that at SSR and that you are one of the you know, main proponents for, for using UAVs. Um, talk to us about how you got into flying drones in general and then how you got into doing it at SSR. So actually, I did not fly a drone before I started working at SSR. Um, it's actually a funny story. Um, so my dad actually built his own drone. Um, and so when I interviewed at SSR, I knew a little bit about drones and I had, you know, I had flown them, but not in a commercial setting. Um, and I wouldn't say that I was very good at it either. Um, <laughs> but they Spoiler me, alert, I, I've seen her fly and she's really good at it now. So maybe <laughs> she's gotten much better at it. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, I think it was like a month after I started working here, but they're like, hey, Michelle, do you want to get your part 107 license? I was like, yeah, sure. And about five minutes later, they came back and they're like, okay, your test is on Tuesday. So I had about, you know, four or five days to study for my test. <laughs> and then it was a lot of um, on the job training after getting my certification. So going out in the field and watching our other pilots fly and figuring out all the different apps and how they work. It was a lot of fun, and I am really glad that I got my certification. So I, I went out back, gosh, this was over a year ago now, um, and, and got some video footage of you guys flying for a, um, a GIS commercial that we're, we're still working on. And uh, I was surprised about how much of it was automated. A lot of the software does take care of the flying. You know, you're like inputting all the parameters pre-flight, right? But you were, I mean, you had to take off and land. Yeah, so... Just want to clarify, my hands were on the controller. Okay, no, no, she wasn't like drinking a coffee. It wasn't like, um, uh, I wasn't like Top Gun where she had like her hands on the stick the whole time and was trying to keep the, the drone from crashing. Yes, you do your pre-flight planning. Um, so basically you set up, you, you turn the drone on, you turn the controller on and you turn the app on. So everything's on and you actually set the parameters for your drones. You have to make sure that the the camera settings are correct. You know, what's it like outside? Is it sunny? Is it cloudy? So you have to make sure that the white balance is set to the correct parameters, and you don't want it to switch on you because it'll mess up the imagery, so you have to set it to one or the other. Um, so basically, like, if you start and it's cloudy and you say, hey, it's cloudy, the rest of the project is going to have to stay cloudy, and then when you come back the next time, it's still got to be cloudy. Did you find that out the hard way? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> I learned a so lot. Not only do you have to be a drone pilot, you also have to be a photographer. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to uh, do a lot of research on getting getting some good quality imagery. Um, but also, so when you have a set area, you can do different flight paths based on what you're trying to capture. So in our surveys, we're trying to get all of the change in elevation because um, a lot of what we do is earthwork. We want to do a crosshatch flight path, which basically, um, you know, goes vertical and horizontal, and then it goes back across. So it looks like a crosshatch on the on the map. 
um, but it also gets imagery going straight up and down or nadir, and it also gets oblique imagery, so it's at an angle, so it can see the elevation change, and it also has it straight down, so you can make sure you get the whole image. So you send the drone up, and you tell it how high you want it to fly, um, the terrain you want it to follow, and it does the mission for you. Um, so then when it's done, it can it, it has the option to send itself back to its starting point, um, but we don't ever usually do that because sometimes it shoots itself up really high and you can only fly at a certain height. So we just, when the mission's over, we just turn it back and we fly it back ourselves and land it. It takes all of that imagery and it stitches it together. And so you get this really nice model that you can look at and our engineers can see. Sometimes the computer does mess up. Um, but it's not necessarily the, the software's fault, right? So when we do post-processing, it'll give us a report at the end, and it basically shows us our accuracies. And if our model doesn't come back um, in the correct parameters, so we, we try to get it in within half an inch, and at least within an inch. So the model will come back and give us this report, and it'll tell us, hey, you were three feet off. And it's like, wait, wait a second, hold on was not three feet off. And so I know that I did something wrong in the post-processing. And so I can actually go back in and see where I messed up and I can fix it and rerun it and get the, get the model the way it needs to be. So when I was out there, it wasn't just you flying, you had a team of people with you. So what are all the roles that it takes to go out and do one of these surveys with a drone? It's usually between two and three people. You have to have your remote pilot. So that is your certified FAA Part 107 pilot who is allowed to fly the drone, and you always have to have a visual observer to basically you know, keep an eye on the drone, watch the skies, make sure there are no obstacles, make sure there's no aircraft coming in. So the visual observer is strictly safety, you know, letting your pilot know, well, hey, this is what's happening. You need to you know, emergency land right now. They are your eyes and ears because you are sitting there watching the controls, watching the drone. So your visual observer is your backup. So, you know, what we've been uh, so far talking about uh, drones and GIS, we've just been talking about surveying, but are there some other services that the GIS team provides with drones? Absolutely. So we do both marketing and inspections. Now, we don't have a drone specifically for inspections, but we are looking into it. So you can get one that allows you to zoom in and also have a thermal camera. So that's something that we want to look into for the future. But right now we do a lot of marketing. Um, so we, you know, we get we have to send out proposals to clients or future clients, you know, saying this is our services that we offer. And it looks really great when we have drone imagery of the project site and where we're going to be working. It really shows that we're serious about what we're doing and we know the project site. Yeah, it helps clients visualize the, the project and what it's going to look like. I know sometimes we've taken some drone images and then superimposed like a Revit model over the drone image, right? So they can really get a feel for what the what the facility would look like when it's done being built. So talk to me a little bit more about inspections. What do you mean by that? There are some areas, right, that you can't get to safely. So if you need to look at the top of a pole or look at a roof, or maybe you've got an area that you need to look at under a bridge, you know, the drones up there taking the photos for you so you can look at it without having to actually go to that area. When we invest in this new drone, we'll actually be able to even fly further away and actually zoom in. Um, so, you know, we can get really great images from far away. And also 
you know, once we get a thermal camera, we can look at, you know, roofing to see where there's not enough insulation. So you can actually see the thermal change and you can do that with different, you know, tanks, um, you know, where it's supposed to be insulated. You can use that thermal camera to see, hey, you know, you can see the thermal energy, you can see it, it's a different temperature. So we know that the insulation is not as good there. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's definitely some powerful data to have. Um, have I seen something too where maybe we flew a drone completely around the outside of a building and created a 3D image of it? Yes. So we can do 3D modeling. Um, it's super exciting because you can actually get the facade of a building, which will also helps with inspections, right? It's because you can fly this this building, and you can you know get your accuracy and you can zoom in and actually you know turn the building. You can look at the different sides. You can look at the roof. And you can, you can, it's basically like you're standing there. Thank you for that great overview of what SSR is using drones for in GIS right now. What do you think the future looks like? Uh, we're expanding our drone program right now to the Nashville office. Um, and so we're going to start off there by doing marketing inspections and eventually get into surveying. Um, and we also recently switched to using Esri SiteScan for ArcGIS, which is basically a scalable system. So our whole company can log on, view projects, they can see all of the data that we're collecting. Um, it's got unlimited cloud processing and storage, which is super exciting. It shows our drone fleet, everything. It shows the health of the batteries. Esri SiteScan for ArcGIS, that sounds like it's going to be a really great solution to growing this within SSR. Um, but you were talking um, you were talking about getting us some more equipment or investing in some more equipment. Does that mean like more drones, like different kinds of cameras and stuff? You know, drone technology changes so quickly. You know, we just bought our new drone last year, and now they have a much cooler drone that's already out. And it's got all of the cameras in one. So they've got, you know, an RGB camera, a thermal camera, and then also the zoom camera, all in one camera. And so it's frustrating and also amazing at the same time. Um, so we really want to invest in getting these these tools, you know, because we can offer more services. And we're also, and I know we're talking about drones, but we're also looking to expand all of our field applications to the rest of the company as well, because right now it's only in Memphis, right? So, you know, doing these presentations and these podcasts help people understand what these field applications can do. And so we really want to get all of this, you know, the drone program, the field applications, GIS in general, just out to the whole company and to all of our clients because, it, I mean, it's a great service line and great opportunity for, for growth for both us and our clients. All right. So as is tradition on Tech Vitals, the very last question I have for you, Michelle, is tell us about something you do for fun outside of work that has nothing to do with GIS or drones. I mean, I have a few things that I like to do, um, but it kind of all comes back to GIS, which is the bad part. <laughs> I am losing a trend. I mean, you know, if I have one takeaway from this interview so far, you do seem like maybe you're a little passionate about GIS. I mean, like you went to school for it. You got a master's degree in it. The way you talk <laughs> about all the technical stuff, I can just I can just tell that like you live and breathe this stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, pre-COVID, I absolutely love traveling. Um so I've been to a few different countries um, and all over the United States. But in my free time, I enjoy walking my dogs, painting, and reading. Nice. How many dogs do you have? Two. Two. What kind of dogs are they? Uh, they're both mutts. They're both mutts. The best kind of dog. They are. 
So you do. So you are. A, I almost said paintist, but I don't think that's what is it. It's not a. It's a, no painter. You're not a there painter. You go. <laughs> well, that's cool. So there. That I feel like that's maybe where like GIS and art meet on the other side. Like, are you, what kind of stuff do you paint? Yeah. Um. Usually the environment, mountains, trees. So it all comes back to earth sciences and geography and GIS. Awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today on the Tech Vitals podcast. I'm sure Michelle would be happy to answer any of your questions. You can reach her at mfield at ssr-inc.com. We'll put that in the description. You can also check out the GIS section of SSR's website, which has some project examples and some other information. And if you are an SSR colleague who is interested in getting into our drone program, definitely reach out and con she's giving me the thumbs up on the screen right now. Definitely contact her. I'm sure she would love to talk to you about that. Michelle, we thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing your expertise and your passion with us. We are really looking forward to watching the GIS program grow at SSR and can't wait to see uh, the part that it plays in our future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I look forward to it too. As we build in the digital transformation of Industry 4.0, get connected with our innovative team. If this conversation has left you inspired, curious, or just wanting to hear more about emerging technology, there are a couple ways you can join us. We welcome you to subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. For more resources about today's content, please check out the episode show notes or drop us an email, techvitals at ssr-inc. Com. Culture matters. Our mission is to make a positive difference for our clients, colleagues, and communities. See our mission in action on your favorite social platform. On Instagram, at SmithSeckmanReed. On Twitter, at SSR underscore INC. On LinkedIn, at SSR. And on Facebook, at SmithSeckmanReed. This podcast would not be possible without our incredibly talented team of experts. Special thanks to our dynamic EP, Blake Moeller, our senior communications associate, Lauren Dean, and the exceptional support staff at SSR HQ, located in Nashville, Tennessee.